Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Give me dynasties or give me death. Uh, and also, give me Ken Lavica's show again. It's Theo Dorsey, a big Teddy takeover again. And you know what that means. It's time for Stone the Bandwidth to hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken Lavica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Programs. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Beware the Ides of June. Nobody, nobody ever actually said that, right? But it's June 15th. I just like that saying, you know, beware the Ides of March. It's a whole thing with, you know, Cecilio or whatever the guy's name. I forget the guy. You know what? I started this off terribly wrong. What I want to talk about today is, number one, I love sports dynasties, and that's exactly what we're basking in right now, not only in the NBA but also in the NHL, as you heard from Evan Cohen just there. It's Theo Dorsey, Big Teddy. You can follow me on Twitter at Theo Dorsey TV. I'm back in a hostile takeover once again on Ken LaVica Live. I got Jeanette Javier next to me here. I got Stone Labanowitz here running the ship. Everybody in the building right now is excited and pumped up, not only because we have game one of the NHL, NHL uh, final, Stanley Cup finals, right? Are we excited about that, guys? I'm very excited. Is that, I don't know about you guys. Is it moving you, Jeanette? It's a, that's cool. <laughs> it's a thing. It's happening. <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. It's what's up. We got a, what, Avalanche and the Lightning. Lightning looking for a third straight Stanley Cup finals, if I heard Evan correctly. <laughs> that's it, baby. That is it. <laughs> right on the money. Well, it I, is it is star studded though. Even for casuals, there are some guys. Name skate. one guy. Name, yes, Nathan McKinnon, who yeah, plays attack for the Avalanche, has scored the most goals this season. He's riveting on offense, and he <laughs> puts the puck in the net a lot. Also, Tampa Bay. <laughs> I think he, that's what you do in hockey. Yeah, yes. I mean, yeah. well, not yeah. necessarily. Not if you're a defenseman. And okay. the goalkeeper for the Tampa Bay Lightning is arguably the best keeper in what's, NHL what's history. Andre Vilevsky. Okay, that's he's that's a Russian. It's going to be a hard, hard stop for me because I don't think anybody is uh, recognizing those names just off the strength of it. But I'm sure those guys are really good at the hockey. I'm sure those guys are really good at the hockey. Let's do that hockey. <laughs> this is um, somewhat of a reclamation project here for myself. Uh, Ken Levicka, as we all recall, on this past Thursday when he left for his vacation to Jamaica, he entrusted me with his show. But not only did he entrust me with his show, uh, he tried to undercut the ratings for both myself, Jeanette Javier, and mm-hmm. Stone Labanowitz, which even with Ken Levicka trying to undercut us, we had a great show on Thursday, right? It was a good time. Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, we had a good time. Um, and also, last time I spoke with uh, you all, and we had a good time on this show, that was, what, after game three of the finals. So then we had a game four and a game five. Golden State now one went away from another NBA title, a fourth championship in eight years in the NBA. And in a year that feels like it's been so much about parity and we don't know what's going to happen, the oddest part about everything in the NBA this year is it looks like we're going to be right back where we started in the past decade. The Warriors potentially winning the NBA Finals. I mean, is it? I mean, are you guys bored of this of this talk now? Is it? Is it? Is it fun to have the parody finally back in the NBA, or is it? Feel like more of the same. So if they do win the finals, whether they close it out in six or seven, they will surpass the Bulls for most titles in NBA franchise history and slide into that third place spot behind the Lakers and Celtics. Behind the Lakers and the Celtics, and I'm not mad at it. I'm mm-hmm. awesome. These guys are here to stay. Draymond's bringing in the new media. Steph changed the game from beyond the arc. So I love what they're doing, and I'm uh, not a fan of parody. 
Yeah. I'm a fan of the dynasty. It's funny, though, because in that, in this year it brought us both, potentially, if the Warriors win, this NBA season will give us both parity and a dynasty at the same time, right? Is it not like almost the best of both worlds? And yes, I think the storylines and all the new elements that we've had during the finals, during this postseason run, especially with the Celtics and yeah. Clay Thompson coming back too, mm-hmm. there's been so many different pieces that have made the Warriors, in my opinion, way more interesting than I'd say ever before. Yeah. I can't deny that. Gone are the days of the super team. Gone are even the days of them being the best team without adding KD when there was that 2015 finals and even the 2016 finals. The Warriors are about to embark on when they go into TD Garden tomorrow night in Boston for game six of the NBA finals, up three to two. If they close that one out on the road, it's no longer the feel-good story of the short guys who shoot threes and win titles. It's now one of the greatest dynasties in NBA history. Uh, we we I want to make sure we, uh, we're we going to make some room here to get Ken Lavica actually on because I do have still a, a bone to pick with him. I wasn't able to reach out to him on Thursday because he was still in transit, but I'm getting word, Stone, is he back uh, in the States now? Yes, he oh, is. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. I, I'm, I'm licking my chops. You know what I'm saying I'm, I'm ready to get at him because I still need to go over this tweet he sent out before our show on Thursday, so we'll get him in here soon. Um, but when it comes to dynasties in sports, it is always odd for fans because in each of these leagues, whether it's the NBA, whether it's the NFL, even PGA in the individual sports or with tennis, uh, it matters to have teams or individuals who are mainstays, who are box office. Not just that, but people who bring championships on an everyday basis, every year basis, because a lot of times that drives the narrative, that drives the storylines. Even with the NBA, if it's not a team, it's a player, LeBron James. If it's not a team, it's a player, Michael Jordan's guiding a team in the 90s. Does it matter to you more so in a, in a specific sports league, in whatever league you follow, because people are fans of many different sports, are you a bigger fan current day of parity? I don't know who's going to win in these playoffs. I don't know who's going to stand out from the bunch or domination. The Patriots in the NFL, the Chicago Bulls in the 90s, the Lakers in the 80s. And now what we're kind of stumbling upon right now is the Golden State Warriors in this in this era right now of super teams doing it now. We've seen it on the front end. First year, nobody thought they can do it. Not a super team, a, a team built up from the scraps. They win it there. And now in 2022 against these Celtics, they're doing it again as an underdog. They would be, Stone, Do you? if I had to ask you right now, how many NBA franchises have won four NBA titles in a span of eight years? Do you have that number? They're one of two. List, list, list the teams, list the franchises. And Jeanette, do you think you can name the franchises in the NBA right now that have won four NBA titles in the span of eight years? Because remember, and I know it seems like a, more than a decade ago, but 2015 – the first NBA title for these Warriors over the Cavaliers, this will be the eighth season since then. If they win this year, they would have won four out of eight. That's 50% of the years we crown the Golden State Warriors. Do you think you can name the other teams' franchises that have done that so far? Maybe I'm going to give it a shot. Let's give it a shot. There are, And I'll tell you right now, I'll give it away. There's three franchises. It should be pretty easy that have won four of eight because there's not that many NBA franchises that have won four titles in general. Right. Okay, I'm pretty confident about this one. Celtics. Okay, there you go, in the 60s. Yes, Lakers. Lakers did it in the fifties and in the eighties. Uh huh. And um, the Bulls. And the Bulls in the nineties. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. So 
three NBA franchises, and it unironically it's the three franchises with the most NBA titles in the history of the league, have won four titles in eight years. The Lakers have done it twice. The Celtics technically have done it twice as well if you go back to the 60s and you count from a certain year. But that was the same team, same era, so I would count that as one time doing it. Lakers did it in two different eras in the 50s and in the 80s with uh, you know Showtime Lakers. And then, of course, Michael Jeffrey Jordan mm-hmm. doing it in the 90s, Chicago's finest. Um, Stone, before we get into more NBA talk, because we have so much more, we actually have uh, the basketball savant herself, Monica McNutt, going to jump in and talk some NBA finals with us as she's been doing not only everything for ESPN um, throughout this season and the past couple of years, but, of course, around these NBA finals. We want to get pick her brain on what she thinks will happen in Game 6 tomorrow night. I also still have this bone to pick, and I can't even go further <laughs> on this show. I can't go much further on this show without picking this bone with Ken Lavica, who has been, again, great guy. Great guy here at ESPN West Palm, right? Yes, and I think it's important for you to hash it out with him. Yes. It's not healthy for you to internalize your feelings, and it's been a long time coming. Yes, yes. He's so, been out, so I think you've given him the proper space, and you've you. given yourself the proper space to process your emotions. So let's talk. Let's discuss. Can you be, can, Jeanette, can you play the role of therapist here as me and Ken try to work through our differences? Because Me? We, be the therapist. Yeah, I just, I'm just saying, we need, a, we need a, uh, somebody who's objective. A stone is not an object, objective party. He's on here five days a week with Ken Lavica. I need you right now, Jeanette. Okay, let's go. Okay. Wow, this is such a compliment. Stone, do we get? Do we have Ken on the line here? We do. That we do. Okay, cool. cool. Bring it on, Ken. Ken, uh, welcome to the show. Ken Lavica live here. Theo Dorsey hosting. <laughs> um, Ken, first and foremost, are you? You have a tan? Like, how are you feeling coming off your big break in um in Jamaica and uh kind of you know fill in my footsteps from what you know I did in my vacation in Jamaica. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I took, uh, I took a lot of, uh, what the base you set and tried to apply it to, uh, to my Jamaica situation. Now, I'm, I'm a little tan. Um, I gotta say the work I put in, uh, with the body before, before vacation worked out. I, I liked where I shaped it up with, uh, with a lot of people I ran into. <laughs> uh, but my, my lasting, my lasting, um, uh, Jamaica memory is in the form of a blister on my lip from, uh, the ultra lava hot insides of a juicy patty Jamaican patty, a oh beef Jamaican patty, oh so God. hot that it left a blister on my lip. So I have the most Jamaican injury uh, of all time coming off my vacation. Yeah. But uh, can are, you sure, people, are you sure that's not a cold sore? I was about to say, that's the story he's going to tell us. That's uh, can you tell us the truth? I know exactly from experience what you're talking about, Ken. <laughs> Spill it out. Yeah, yeah. It, this, it, this, is not, this is not a hope. This is not a singular hope. Okay. This is just a. Yeah, it's a Jamaica patty. It's, it's, it's a Jamaica patty injury, not a hope. I would be open with you if there was a hope. And could you imagine the trouble I get in going on vacation with my wife <laughs> if I developed uh, developed a hope there? That would be bad. Can give us a little insight on what you got going on today. What's on the agenda for you and your Ooh. family as it stands today? All right, so I am, I'm speaking with all of you. By the way, I miss all of you guys. Uh, sure. I'm, uh, I'm happy that I, I hear your voice. No, 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 um, no, 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 you. Hold on, but just stop. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Do you miss us, King? Because I, I will I not do. forget so this what is you did on Thursday morning. But- Oh, this is why, like, let's skip the small talk, right? Let's be adults right now. Forget forget about it reflecting on my vacation. Let's talk about what happened last week. So I, in good faith, as a way to support 
my brothers and yeah, sisters, yeah, yeah. Theo Dorsey, Selma Banowitz, Jeanette Javier. I sent out a tweet where I said, hey, uh, the crew is off today, but they're going to take this show, this midday show, whatever we've built, good or bad, and it's, they're going to be on deck, and they're going to have this thing through middle of next week, trying to promote it, trying to make sure, you know what, I'm pumped about this. This is an awesome thing for everybody who listens to this show. The problem is, and I hate to deflect blame here, but I'm going to, that was the original plan, that Bart and Han were going to host uh, Thursday of last week, and then you guys were going to take it from there. Now, me, and I think this speaks to the amount of respect I get, like, yeah, sure, I've got my name on the show, but then people don't want to deal with me at ESPN West Palm. After that, it's like, man, I wish Ken would just get out of the building. Nobody informed me that you guys were actually going to be on last Thursday. I got a text 20 minutes after saying, oh, I forgot to let you know. So that was an honest mistake. I was trying to pump you guys up. I did not mean disrespect, and I felt terribly about it. And I was, as soon as I got to the resort in Jamaica, I was reaching out to you guys. Now, I don't want you to feel disrespected, but if you do, let's air it out right now. Jeanette. Jeanette, so this first off, Ken, I'm, I want to protect Jeanette here um, because me, Jeanette and I, you know, we, we're brothers. I know me and you are Jamaican brothers now because we both made the trip this summer. But me and Jeanette, right. we've, we've been brother sister, you know what I'm saying, since our uh, early days here at ESPN West Palm. Jeanette, you're playing therapist right now. Yes, I am. Between me and And Ken. I think it's time I have oh, to step up. So I have to step up. Do you feel like I should accept what Ken is saying? Because no, what he's I'm saying the is, therapist. I ask you questions. You're right. You're right. So ask, you know, go ahead. Go, <laughs> ahead. go ahead. You're right. I'm sorry. Theo. Yes. Given the diatribe Ken just spoke about, mm. do you think Ken is being sincere? Here's the thing. Here's the thing about Ken. All right. He's, he's fresh back from Jamaica, right? I'm not sure what, um, you know, what kind of herbs he was partaking in while, whilst on vacation. <laughs> I'm not Let's sure. not make this personal. No, 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 no. Let's not, not make this personal. No accusation. No accusations. All I'm saying is I'm not sure if his memory is 100% there. I'm not sure <laughs> if he knows how he made us feel on that day because all we want hey, to do is not, carry. Even without weed. Oh, even without weed, my memory is suspect. Ken, yeah. Ken, and how do you feel about Theo's response? Okay, well, all of the points you made are valid, okay? Um, uh, they're very valid. That said... All I would say is that, and I'm surprised Stone hasn't jumped in here. I'm getting disappointed. No, I'm just, I'm I'm curious um, uh, if Stone knows what I would do in this spot, if there was a scheduling concern, uh, if there was miscommunication on one end, typically we would just randomly on the air call the person, the ESPN West Palm teammate, who's in charge of all of those things. So what I would do is, call marketing director Courtney and try and get the explanation as to what happened because it's pretty clear that's who I'm heaping the blame on for Thursday's misunderstanding. (laughs) Ken, I don't think it's healthy for you and your feelings to push to blame on somebody else. Stone, what do you think? No, well, I want no to say, Ken, before we let you go, because we do have Monica McNutt, and we're a little late getting to her, just tell the people, tell oh, us. Tell her, hey, hey, you're Monica McNutt? Yeah, we have her on. No, I'm not her. We have her oh. coming on here in the next five minutes. <laughs> She'll be coming on. Okay, yeah. no, good. 
when she comes out, when she comes out, ask her if she uh, if she actually knows about the Heat now uh, instead of doing the playoff thing that she didn't talk about him and then name three random players. Like, ask her how much she actually knows and cares about the Heat now, so maybe she can apply to next season. Okay, that is one hundred percent going to happen. We're gonna ask her that. Also, before you go, Game Six, what's, what's your prediction for that, man? Are the Warriors gonna close it out? Are they gonna get four and eight? Oh, wait, I've been on vacation. What's the series at right now? <laughs> Stop lying. It's 3-2. <laughs> uh, I think that they're going to close it out. And what's hilarious, and I knew this was going to happen, is, oh, Jason Tatum's just played so much basketball. He's so tired. Uh, the excuse that we wrap up for Jason Tatum is incredible right now. I tell you what, uh, his text messages to Kobe, Kobe, if he could answer right now, would say, suck it up and just play. Yes. Enough of these excuses. Yes, this is absolutely I love it. ridiculous. Absolutely insane. And I do think that the Warriors shut it down tonight and Jason Tatum continues his turnover spree. Well, it's going to be tomorrow night, but get Ken out of here because he's continuing oh, to spread right misinformation. It's the <laughs> Thanks oh, so much. Stop, stop it. it. Just stop, stop yourself. Look, get him out. Hey, play that again. Play that again for my guy. And, and get oh, and Chen, stop it. Just stop yourself. <laughs> get Ken out of here, man. Oh, great, great guy. Great guy. Great sport. Um, and we do have Monica McNutt. Well, Monica McNutt is not just the, um, you know, a basketball analyst for ESPN. It feels like she does everything around the office mm-hmm. there at Bristol. You see her face on first take. You see her all over get up and as well um, as doing MSG work for the Knicks pregame, postgame, halftime. Of course, the Knicks didn't make the playoffs this year, so not much work there going on now. But I want to get I want to pick her brain about these NBA finals because she's been on the uh, front line covering everything. Jeanette, first and foremost for you, before we get deep into the finals talk with her as we get her on the phone, how have you been watching these finals games? Because I think it tells a lot about people how they kind of intake the games. Mm-hmm. Are you one of those people that sit on the couch alone and watch it? Do you go out to the bar? Because I like to sit down on the couch, lock in, and just zone in on the game. For me, sometimes it depends. I mean, I've drunk texted you guys while watching <laughs> a game at a bar. We'll never forget that. Exactly. So <laughs> that's time. But typically, I am at home. I make my own chicken wings baked. Yes. And I take it all in, sit with my dog right beside me on the couch, and I watch it from beginning to end. And just take it all in, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a good way to enjoy it, especially it's easier to do it that way when your favorite team isn't in the NBA Finals, which is easy for you because you're a Magic fan. Right? Exactly. Yeah, well, I'm focused on the draft lottery anyways. <laughs> I'm the number one pick. That's all I care about right now. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so we'll bring in Monica McNutt, uh, ESPN basketball savant, analyst, everything aficionado, um, I don't know what it is she doesn't do. Monica, my first question for you is, like, so when a pipe bursts in Bristol or anything, do they just call you up to do it? Because I feel like I see you on every job. <laughs> That's actually hilarious because I have gotten an emergency call uh, in a bunch of different scenarios this season, um, which, honestly, I'm flattered. Like, there's enough trust and faith that I can pull up with minimal amounts of time to prepare and knock it out. So, it's cool. <laughs> what's the latest, what's like the, the smallest amount of time you've gotten a heads up for something that they've needed you on and you've been able to kind of answer the call? Because I know you're good at improvising. I mean, I, you have that in you and they know they have you have that in you. Um, Eastern Conference playoffs, I was sitting on my couch at 3, it was like 3.30 in the afternoon Got a call that George Sedano popped the positive. Can you go to Atlanta, like, now for a game tomorrow? Mm. And you got there. That was the Heat series, right? Yeah, that was Heat and, yeah, Heat and Hawks. 
And I was like, yeah, I can catch this 6 o'clock, I guess. There we go, of course. <laughs> now, now I do have to um, uh, get a bit of a tease in, I get because you brought up the heat now, and now we get to talk about it. Yes. This is the Ken LaVica Live Show, Monica. I'm filling in. Um, and Ken LaVica had a bit of a bone to pick with you because he is a heat homer like myself. And I believe it was on first take. You you brought up how the Miami Heat just don't have the guys that create storylines, and you don't don't have enough guys that kind of make enough noise off the court for people to care about the Miami Heat. Has your opinion changed on the Heat after the deep run they made in the playoffs this season? No, but I didn't mean that as a negative. <laughs> uh, she came I just made up. <laughs> Wait a minute. No, tell what's the what's the main host name? Ken Levicka. Ken Levicka. Give, give a message right now. <laughs> okay. Man, I didn't. I didn't mean that in a negative. I was trying to help understand the phenomenon in which the Heat don't get uh, what I think is a fair amount of national coverage. Right? Like, I thoroughly enjoyed that run. I had actually picked them to beat Boston in seven. Um, there we go. I, I I didn't mean that as a negative, but I think it's just kind of a fact, right? Like, personality wise, Jimmy's not everybody's cup of tea, and he does not apologize for that. And he certainly fits fits what Spo has going on down there and Heat culture. Kyle is another guy that doesn't necessarily draw and draw, but like he's a great dude, great athlete, right? Like, and then Bam is sort of hit or miss. We saw him get snubbed in terms of defensive team this year. Yeah. And then like after that, what are we actually talking about? Personally, I love Vic Oladipo. He's a guy out of the DC area. Of course. Watched him play in high school. Karan Butler when he was with the Wizards. That's my dude. Like, I didn't mean that as a negative. I was trying to help explain the phenomenon, but I do think that. The NBA and ballers absolutely respect what the Heat are able to do in and out season to season. And I knew you was real when you picked Jimmy Butler as the best player in the Eastern Conference Finals. So I already knew it was good. She, you she know went we solo saw. on that one. She was by herself. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So tell Kim to relax, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and actually went a step further because we had just spoken to him and he was like, hey, hey, y'all tell Monica to name three players on the Heat, not name Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero. <laughs> See if she can name three. She did it unprompted just now. Yeah, she did. Yeah. I mean, and my boy Omar, your seven is there making it happen. Yeah. And like, I, I, like, I didn't mean that as a negative. I'm just in this spot nationally where I swear to God, y'all will be in production meetings. The Heat, blah, blah, blah. Well, that's not actually going to draw. What else? Oh, man. That's <laughs> wow. Wow. That, that's real, though. That's real. I can see that. So let's let's switch gears to the teams that are still playing because though it does hurt our hearts here um, that the Heat did lose in that game seven, the Celtics made it. The Warriors now one win away from a, a fourth title in eight years. When you when you think back to 2015 and you remember that run that the Warriors had to actually win that first title, is this anything you could have ever envisioned from this Warriors team, especially the way they've gotten to back to that round again this year, like hobbled? Theo, you my man, and I tell you the most hilarious experience relating to the Warriors this year and doing a show called First Take. <laughs> so I said that the championship window was closed. This is a bad day for me on Ooh. television. Mm. Um, and here we are. And so <laughs> most of the, you know, social shade I'm getting is kind of laughable. Every now and again you get somebody that's completely out of pocket. Um, but I honestly, I did not, would not have picked the Warriors to be here. Um, I had questions about whether Clay would be back to form off the injury. Um, I think I felt like Steph and Draymond, as good as they are, like, yeah, they have played probably the equivalent of an, an entire additional season on their careers when you think of how deep they've gone into the playoffs consistently. And did I see the emergence of Jordan Poole? No. Like, mm. I will completely own that, right? Or even Kevon Looney playing the way that he's been playing and in the final Payton, series. Gary Payton, right? Gary Payton's been yeah, so pivotal. all of that, right? Um, so I will completely own that. I wish. Now, in talking to the guys as we've prepared for our uh, radio broadcast, Clay has compared it very much to 2015 in terms of what it took to get done, 
some of the twists and turns in the lineup. Um, and so I think while these guys are – the supporting cast, I mean, while they are still younger in their league careers, they're not necessarily young guys. And the way they've been able to step up on the stage – I mean, Andrew Wiggins, to me, y'all, I could not be more impressed right. with Andrew Wiggins. And so, yeah, there are certainly some points that align, but I do think this is a very, very different group. And even the way in which they're getting it done is completely different. Like, Steph, while Steph has averaged practically 30 his entire career, I don't know that he has visibly had to carry a team in the way that he had up until game four the other night. Yeah, Monica, you just mentioned Andrew Wiggins, and I want to ask you a specific question. There's two parts to it. Because this morning, Jay Will on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max said that Andrew Wiggins is now the second option on this Warriors team and going forward in this finals but Clay is still the second most impactful. If you got those two parts, do you agree with it? If not, where would you switch? Who would you put where? Um, I love Jay, but kind of sitting courtside, mm. I'm going to disagree on impactful. Uh, I think it is emerging that Andrew Wiggins is both of those things for the team. Wow. Like, y'all, second quarter game four, like, Andrew, I, I get it. Steph was doing his thing, but, like, Andrew also was – was holding them close uh, in some of the best moments for the Celtics in terms of their energy. Like, if he doesn't put up two monster double-doubles, those games arguably look very different. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think what Andrew's able to do is put, is put the ball on the floor. Okay, and then, well, here's the thing with Andrew. Like, it was like, all right, he can put the ball on the floor, but he's going to go in a straight line, right? Like, he's, not, he's still not the guy you give the ball with six seconds and everybody get out of the way. And ISO, he's going to spin and, you know, zigzag and get to the rim. But what he has been able to do with that quick first step, those offensive rebounds, that straight line has been absolutely deadly. Like, he, y'all saw him dunk on Jason Tatum the other day almost. Mm. Like, I just, his size and the way that he's been able to affect the game on both sides of the ball have been incredibly impressive. Again, we got Monica McNutt here on Ken LaVica Live, ESPN basketball savant aficionado. Uh, wherever they need her, she will be there. What, what's your role going to be for game six? You're doing the radio side? I am the reporter on the radio broadcast, yes, and we'll be doing hoop streams pregame. Of course. And, again, you're working 24-7, it feels like. I want to bring it back, though, because as many people, or maybe they don't know as much, you used to play ball at Georgetown, um, was a captain on that team, obviously, and that's kind of where you got your basketball chops. Can you just please let me help me out? Because, again, I I played ball, but I stopped, like, in high school, so I don't have the brain that you (laughs) have on this kind of stuff. How the hell is Jalen Brown so damn good at basketball but can't dribble the ball? What is that? See, Jalen can dribble until he dribbles into a crowd. And, like, this is why I love our stats, folks, because they can, like, he's good up until three dribbles or he's terrible after six. (laughs) Like, I have to to ask somebody. Um, Because they can actually break them down. Like, the stats we do on NBA stuff are crazy. I think Jalen is good when he has to take less dribbles and he gets to go in a straight line. Anytime you watch him – the spin starts to get a little shaky. When the Warriors send a second, it starts to get a little shaky. So when he can take, it's probably like four or less, and it's a straight line, he's money. Beyond that, eh, okay, bro, we got to get in the lab this summer. <laughs> right, right, right. Is um So for game six tomorrow night, again, Warriors, Celtics, Warriors up 3-2 in the series can close it out. Um, for you, when you're, when you're covering these things on the, on the court side, you know, doing it for the radio, is there any things that you see that maybe – we didn't pick out from Game 5. I know a lot of the talk was around how Marcus Smart picked up that tech, and it was about a lot of what he had done before he started chirping at the refs after that missed call. What are some of the things you picked up from in Game 5 that let you know maybe about how the environment might be tomorrow night in uh, TD Garden? Uh, well, I don't think it's anything from Game 5. I would have to draw back on games uh, 
three and four, and just know that the Garden is going to be rocking. And even back into the Eastern Conference final series, the Garden is they they don't play here. Um, we all I don't know if you guys can hear it on television or on the radio broadcast, but the Draymond yes, <laughs> serenade. Yes, we hear that. <laughs> great. They are absolutely ready. Um, I think the one thing that I will say that I don't know if it comes across, like Jordan Poole hits the crazy shots in the third quarter, but there is like. For the Warriors in particular, those role players, there's a visible growth in confidence and swag when that team starts rolling. Um, and it just feels like if the Celtics are not mindful to respond and really del- deliberately get some stops, they start to look very dear in the headlights quickly. It was all, The way game five ended was very much the way the Warriors looked after game one, that crazy run in the fourth quarter. And like, it's just kind of stark when you see it in person because you're like, dude, somebody better smack them. Like, they got to wake up if they're trying to do something. Mm. Um, so other than that, like, I think Marcus Smart was obviously emotional in game five. But through the series, and I don't know if it's, it's coming through on television, he's really been one of the more vocal guys in terms of leadership qualities and trying to keep the Celtics together. He and Al Horford. But I just think watching Marcus Smart grow in that role has been really impressive. Monica, is this an inevitable bounce-back game loading for Steph Curry? 0 for 9, 132 straight playoff games with a made 3, 233 straight up. Is this an inevitable bounce-back game? If so, is he going to go off from 3? What are you expecting from Steph? Uh, I definitely am not expecting him to go 0 for 9. Um, I, I, so, do I think he's going to have 40 again? Not necessarily. I don't know, y'all. That's actually a great question. Because he is the one thing that Steph has talked about a lot is the championship DNA and how he enjoys feeling the weight and the magnitude of these games. And so he's certainly primed to prepare. Now, the crazy part about it to me is even when he dropped 43, I didn't think the Celtics played terribly. Um, I thought they actually played pretty well, and I was impressed that that game was clo- as close as it was for the much, much of the game because in the previous series versus Miami, they were prone to these really wild swings that they never really showed up and played ball for at all. Um, so, yeah, I think we could get – now that I'm thinking about it, we could probably get a, a Steph 30 game on a very efficient – um, three-point performance. I do think, though, I think, and I've been wrong my last couple picks, but I do think the Celtics respond because this, they seem to come out swinging when they absolutely have no choice. So that's your prediction, game six? You think the Celtics bounce back there? I think, but, I mean, I could be wrong. Like, here's the <laughs> thing with the series. I, I literally picked Warriors and seven purely off of home court advantage, yeah. right? I just think this was going to be an absolute slugfest, and for the most part it has proven to be so. Now, we'll, we'll find out if the Celtics can respond under such urgent pressure or if that championship DNA does indeed take over. And listen, to our question about Andrew Wiggins earlier, I expect him to have another double-double. Might it be as healthy? I don't know, but I do expect him to show up, and we got to see what else can be duplicated around stuff. Maple Jordan. Maple Jordan. <laughs> Thanks That's again, uh, Monica, and good luck with everything. You can catch Monica, obviously, on the ESPN broadcast for Game 6 of the Finals and pretty much everything else ESPN has to do with basketball. I'll see you in Vegas, Monica. Sounds good. Peace. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter at McNutt. Monica, again, she is the basketball aficionado, uh, one of the big stars. You see her on Get Up. You see her on First Take on Pardon the Interruption. Every single thing, she's covering it, especially when it comes to basketball on ESPN. We're going to continue our NBA Finals talk um, as we come back here on Ken LaVica Live and also get into a bit of why Jeanette says maybe she you know, won't be drinking again until, <laughs> until August. Right? Nope.
I'm sober the, to, she for went two from, months. She went from being a therapist yeah. to now having to go dry. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into all of that when we return here on Ken LaVica Live. For Stone LeBanowitz and Jeanette Javier, I'm Theo Dorsey. We're live here on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Yes, sir. It's Big Teddy, Theo Dorsey, taking over here on a Wednesday, which is pretty odd for me. I, I don't do radio on Wednesdays. Usually I'm off today, but you know what? Ken LaVica not in, so I figured why not jump up, step up to the plate. We got Jeanette Javier. We got Stone Labanowitz here. We're talking NBA Finals Game 6. We're also going to talk a little bit about the PGA later on. And we got some stories behind why Jeanette is saying she's going to be done with drinking for a while now. We'll get to all of that. But let's start off with what Monica McNutt, again, ESPN basketball uh, aficionado, told us about the bounce-back potential game from Steph Curry. The Warriors up 3-2 in the NBA Finals. The chance to clinch it on the road at TD Garden tomorrow night in a Game 6. Where the Celtics, it's a must-win, literally. And for the Warriors, they do have that leeway of going back home for Game 7. But also, the Warriors just won one at home in the Bay in Game 5, where Steph Curry missed not one, not two, not three, but nine three-pointers and made zero. 0 for 9 from beyond the arc from the greatest shooter of all time in a game where the Warriors still came up with a win, and they're now one win away from the NBA championship. Uh, Stone, before we, in the first block there, we talked about how the Warriors can become just the fourth NBA franchise to win four titles in eight years, and they will climb to the number three franchise on the charts when it comes to all-time titles. For the Warriors to do that, they can't have another 0 for 9 performance from Steph Curry, right? Not on the road. They most definitely can't, but at the same time, if guys like Andrew Wiggins want to step up and carry the load, because you would have thought, if you were to ask any of the Boston Celtics, whether it's Ime Adoka or anybody on that roster, that Steph Curry was going to go 0 for 9, that Clay was only going to give you 20, yeah. that Jason Tatum was going to have his best shooting game out of the entire series, and you still lose that game by double digits, they all would have said, hell no. Ain't no way. But they, ain't no way. But they did. So I don't know. It's kind of a loaded question. And at this point, with the way this series is going... Can you really predict anything at this point? Well, you know what we're going to do here on Ken LaVica Livestone. I'm glad you said it. Can I get some NBA music, some kind of track under it? Because we're going to play a little game of uh, predict me not or predict me so, I guess, is what I'm going to call it. Either works. Yeah. Either work. I like that. There we go. There we go. We got the NBA tunes growing up under our breath as we speak about this game six of the NBA Finals. Now, Stone, do we know where the betting line would be right now when Steph Curry made three-pointers for Game 6? Give me 30 seconds. Okay, well, while Stone digs that up, Jeanette, we can start to pilfer together what we think might happen here. Steph Curry went 0 for 9. He's a guy who had, I think, more than 100. I forget what the actual – I think 130 straight playoff games, right? 132 straight playoff games, 232 games straight. Yes, with a made three-pointer, and this is the first time he breaks that streak in a win for the Warriors. So what we're trying to find now is we're going to predict how many three-pointers Stephen Curry makes tomorrow night at TD Garden in a game six where the Warriors are going to look to clinch the NBA final. His line currently is at over under four and a half three-pointers. Over under four and a half. So <laughs> wow. through four games, 
Steph Curry had made 25 three-pointers. Yes. He made 25 three-pointers through four games. In game five, he makes zero. In game six, in a game where the Warriors can clinch the NBA Finals, and and we saw the, the, the reason why Steph Curry didn't make as many threes, it had to do some with him just missing shots, but also the, the, the Celtics were trapping him more. The Celtics were playing much higher up on the screens. They weren't playing as much drop coverage against him, and they weren't allowing him to step into those top-of-the-break threes off the pick-and-roll. Steph Curry's being played differently now. The line right now is four-and-a-half three-pointers made. The three of us are going to make a bet on how many threes they make. So what's the what do we win out of this? Can it be one drink, maybe? Can it be what, – what, what are we going to do here? One drink's good. Good to so, me. I guess, I guess Jeanette. A mocktail for me, It'll please. be a mocktail for Jeanette. We'll get into that why later. But so the winner – the winner gets both, you know, so if I win, Stone and Jeanette both owe me a drink That's and then fine. vice versa, however it goes. That's fine. All right, so who wants to lead it off with their first guest? Can I be the guy? Go ahead. All right, I'll go ahead and say it. I believe Steph Curry makes five three-pointers tomorrow night at TD Garden. <laughs> That's my number. I, I, I do I wanted to go five, so I appreciate you stealing it. I mean, e- easy pick, easy pick. So you're going over. Yeah. I think he explodes. Monica McNutt, we, we heard her talk about how he embraces the magnitude of the moment, and he likes win. It's on his shoulders. And I wish I had stats pulled up on a Steph bounce back prior to a night shooting bad or prior to a, a bad shooting game. Right. I think he goes off. I'd see something like 7 of 12 from mm. Steph Curry. So I'll go over 5. I'll take your – I'll go over 5.5. So I'll take your 5 and go over 5 threes. So wait, you have to pick a number, though. 7. 7. 7 and if trades. You, because if you get it right, then we owe you something. If nobody gets it right, then there's no drinks being exchanged. Yeah, then the next bet it'll carry over, and then it turns into two drinks. You're right. Just, just parlay. All right, so Stone's got seven on the board for Steph Curry in game six. I have five for Steph Curry. Jeanette Javier, how many threes does Steph Curry make bouncing back from an 0 for 9 game in game five? I think he goes off off. I think he goes berserk. Woo! What are we talking here? Ten. Whoa! Jeanette! Jeanette! That's like if for Jeanette. First of all, it depends how the game goes, right? Are they down? Are they up? Ten. He needs at least five in the first half, and that game needs to be tied. They need to be up or down by five. I said what I said. This is that's more than a legacy game. So that's the best game he's ever played in his entire career. But I love it. I love it. There you go. Curry had six three pointers in the first quarter of game one of these finals. Right. Six made three pointers. So it's possible. If anybody could do it, it's that'd be him. All right. You're really putting it. You know, there's no one like, zero. Okay. Yes. So this would make more sense if there was like a um, what do you call it in, in, in gambling? If there was like more odds in her favor. So like the, the higher you predict, the more drinks we would have to get her. But no, she's going for ten, and there's nothing that gives her like any kind of advantage there. Yeah. So I'll put it into perspective, Jeanette. If you were to say he's going to hit <laughs> ten threes and lay a hundred dollars on it, you'd win upwards of probably two thousand dollars. Yes. That's awesome. <laughs> It's great. It is awesome. Take my $100. But that probably is up there with a plus 1,600, 17 to 1 odds, whatever yes. it's be. It's probably up in that ballpark. So go ahead, put some bread on it. The odds there are um, immaculate. Jeanette, though you think Steph Curry will make 10 threes tomorrow night, which is ridiculous, we know, at least from what you've told us, that you'll be taking zero actual alcoholic beverages from now until when? August 19th? August 19th. So that would be, today is what, June 15th? Uh-huh. Yes. That's two months and mm-hmm. four days. I think it can do it. Why? I Why had, put yourself through this punishment? I had the worst hangover on Monday. It was atrocious. So it was a Sunday night of drinking. A Sunday day. Sunday day of drinking. Sunday of drinking. Yes. Sunday of drinking. Yes. 
Well, we were responsible in the beginning. It was well, one of my best friend's birthday. We wanted to do a day trip to the Keys. Of course. Of course. So we went kayaking in Isle Morada. Isla Morada, Isle Morada, however you want to call no, it's it. Isle. Okay. And we, we, you know, she, she, she loves breweries. And there's two staple breweries down in Isle Morada. Yeah. Is, is, that, is that the further down in the Keys or is that the closer to here? No, it's one of the first ones. One so you pass okay. Key Largo and yeah. then I'd say after Key Largo, Isle Morada would probably be the next one after. Yeah. And then yeah. Third's Marathon, I believe. And then Big Pine Key and then you hit Key West. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. So, uh, She's never been to them. And she's like, somebody's taking care of my daughter. Let's go off, Jeanette. And I was like, okay, do we have a time cut off? And she goes, no, our time cut off is going to be, I want to be back home at 6 p.m. So that means we would leave by 4, which is fine because we made it uh, to Isle Morada at 9, 9 o'clock in the morning. So we got up at 6. Nice. Nice. Okay. We get to, we finished kayaking. It was great. We're tan. We're feeling it. And then we get to the first brewery, and the vibe is great, but we stick to our guns. We were like, three beers. Yeah. We're good to go. Yes. Okay. So then we go to the next brewery. I was about to say, three beers doesn't equal worst hangover of, of my life. So <laughs> no, 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 okay. no, 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 no. I'm better than that. Yes. I'm stronger than that. Okay. <laughs> so then we go to Isle Murata Brewery Company, and it's a brewery and distillery. Mm, the double whammy. Yes. So the bartenders were... Very nice and attractive. Very tan, probably. Yes, they nobody <laughs> no from the attractive standpoint, nobody's complaining. So naturally we were flirting and naturally we were getting free drinks and they're like, sample this, sample that, sample nice. that. And I am very proud of myself because I stopped us and I said, Do you still want to be home by six PM? And we have an important decision to make who's driving home because we have a two hour drive back. Mm, so we're like that's smart. I, I I try to be an adult sometimes yeah. amongst my incredible poor decisions. And I'm guessing she volunteered to drive. No, it's her birthday. Oh, no. So I have to play the sacrifice. Wow. I have to say, I am your friend. I will drive back. Okay. So I, she was like, well, we could... I." She texted her husband, can you take care of the daughter for the rest of the evening? Yeah, so my cutoff drinking point was 8 p.m. Yeah. So... So you got a little, bit, a little bit of an extendo there. I did get an extendo. <laughs> Just a little bit. So we tell the bartenders this, and the bartenders are like, bet. Of course. And then we they started getting creative with the drinks. Mm. And then they started mixing the distillery portion with the beer portion. And there's something I've never heard of in my life. It's called a lavender syrup. Yeah. And I work as a bartender over the weekends. I've never had a lavender syrup before. I started mixing it in my drink. It literally tasted like a spa in my mouth. <laughs> a sp- it smelled and tasted like a spa, a spa in my like, mouth. Jeanette, what you, the hell does that mean? You had, you're a plant guy. Have you had lavender before? I've had lavender before, but I've never tasted a spa. It was like perfumey. It was like licorice almost. Yeah, it was I, like a- I didn't like it. And it got kind of awkward because Jacob was the original bartender. And Jacob and us were vibing. We were like really cool about it. And yeah. then Jimmy kind of got jealous. You can tell he's insecure. And I was like, yo, Jimmy, um, Jimmy, um, do you know, we, uh, we're, we're liking what Jacob does. Like what you got, Jimmy? Give us a little bit of that flavor. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. A little bit of that lavender syrup. Jim, no, Jimmy got def- offended. He yeah. was like, oh, who do you think taught Jacob? Who do you think did this? Who do you think did that? So you pit them against each other. Yeah. And then Jimmy was the one who introduced us to the lavender syrup, thinking that he was going to get all the girls crazy and wild about it. Yeah. No. 
I'm pretty sure that's what got me sick because so, I've never had lavender syrup in my house. <laughs> La- we ended up staying the night because we're sp- responsible ladies. Of course. You know, but I'm pretty sure that's what got me sick. <laughs> so you had alcohol, beer, and lavender syrup. That blend, the, that trifecta. No. So we had, it ended up being like, because they had a, but I love coconut. I love coconut, coconut in any shape and form. Solid drink, beer, give it to me. I'll, I'll consume it. Of course. So then there were coconut two. Coconut's terrible, by the way, but yeah, sure. No, I love it. It's okay. Keep going. I'm not, I don't want to hurt you. Nothing wrong with coconut. Rum. You went to Jamaica with that attitude? That's I right. Did. That's fast. I did. And I lived. Oh, my God. Mangoes are, are the true um, the true delicacy of Jamaica, not coconut. Coconuts and mangoes are pretty much on the same level in the Caribbean, no matter where you go. No doubt. <laughs> so, anyways. This is coming from a guy who's never had a mahi sandwich or a grouper sandwich. I've but go ahead. What? Really? I've had them, that's for another day, That's for another day, fish sandwich. We're getting. You know what? Don't do that. Don't go ahead. Don't do that. I have okay. Anyways, (laughs) so we ended up staying the night, but the issue with the beers was that he they were mixing two coconut beers, and then Jimmy would come over with his lavender syrup and start pouring it. And there came to a point where I looked at Jake, but I was like, Jacob, behind Jimmy's back, please throw away this beer because it's absolutely disgusting. So why August nineteenth? Two months and four days you're going to go without drinking because of this terrible night in the Keys or great night, however you look at it. Why August nineteenth to start back up? Because August 19th, I'm going to Costa Rica. And you're going to make the same mistakes I am going again. to Costa Rica. And you're going to make the same mistakes. And, <laughs> and I'm going to make better mistakes because yeah. I'm going to be way more in shape than I've been. I've been a drinking mess the past couple of weeks. Okay. As you guys have experienced through my Disney stories. Or since you turned 21. Maybe. Drunk texting. Yes. <laughs> earlier than 21, let's be honest. <laughs> and... I think it's time for me to go sober and get my chakras or vibes or whatever they say in line, prioritize my life a little bit, get back in shape, and completely demolish everything in Costa Rica. Respect. I respect it. I'm with you. I'm on Team Jeanette being sober till August 19th. I think she has until the end of the Stanley Cup Finals. We'll see how that goes. Uh, what, what are your odds on that, Stone? <laughs> I would go a solid plus 250. That Plus you, uh, yeah. So not 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 a lot of faith in you. I don't think oh. I don't think you make it <laughs> past that two week mark. Well, two weeks. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Theo. Oh my gosh! I'm saying you don't make it past the Stanley Cup Finals. Concluding. I don't know if it's going four <laughs> or seven, but I know it'll be like a week and a half at least. Yeah, it's going to turn into let's let's do that hockey. Yeah, let's, let's do, do that, that hockey. <laughs> we're going out to Game Seven so, of the yeah. Le- Titan for Bay Lightning Colorado Avalanche. Somebody's going to ask you to watch the hockey game with them, and I don't think it's. I think literally it might be against the law to watch a hockey game and not drink. I don't know. I already turned down a date. A guy asked me out to go out for drinks, and I said sorry, I can't go because I'm not drinking anymore. Jeanette, it's been three days. I'm. Isn't that great? <laughs> I'm three for three. I'm doing great. Oh, my gosh. We'll see if you can keep it. We'll see how many days this lasts for Jeanette Javier. We've all been there. I'm not drinking again until said date. And then said date just comes a little earlier. Uh, but we're going to talk more finals talk here as well as touch on some PGA. And coming up soon, we have CJ Holmes, Warriors writer for the San Francisco Chronicle. He's going to tell us about what the Warriors are facing as they try to get this fourth title in eight, eight count them years. That's 50%. We're live here on ESPN 106.3. Theo Dorsey Stone, the band with Jeanette Javier. We'll be right back in a few minutes. Can we do it again? Yeah, yeah. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Minka Fitzpatrick 
now the highest paid NFL safety. The Pittsburgh Steelers signed the star safety. It's right here, ESPN Brooke Pryor reporting that it's $18.4 million a year, uh, also given a $36 million guarantee at the signing. Um, that's confirmed by Adam Schefter. So make a Fitzpatrick becoming the highest paid safety. Stone, you're good friends with a guy who just held that title. Martin County's finest, Justin Simmons. The safety's getting paid in the NFL these days, huh? Safety's getting paid, Jeanette. You could have put the safeties ahead of the left tackles nowadays in the most important positions on the field. Because safeties are like the quarterback of the defense. It's not like it was back in the day when it was a Mike linebacker. Even though most of teams, usually that's their captain. But yeah, guys getting paid. Sorry he had to take the title away from my boy Jay Sims. But it's all good. It's all good. We know uh, what type of time Inca's on. Hide the money, y'all. Yes. <laughs> With your broke ass. <laughs> that's that's how he's feeling as he walks into the Pittsburgh Steelers, whatever they have, OTAs, training camp, anything. He's he he's the guy that also has to pick up the tab, right? Right, Jeanette? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised you still haven't gotten over my left tackle take. Yeah, that was weird. I haven't. I apologize. She's stuck in like 2006. Right, right. That's not cool. We, we did the most important positions on a football field. <laughs> And you came in hot with the left tackle. She said left tackle. She says quarterbacks and then left tackles as if this is like uh, 06-07 era where blindside protection was like the number <laughs> one thing in the NFL. Uh, that's cute. Uh, for <laughs> another thing, Mika Fitzpatrick, though, though he's taking the mantle from local guy in Martin County's finest, Justin Simmons, safety for the Broncos, all pro, uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year uh, uh, nominee for, for Denver every single year. Mika Fitzpatrick, um, I actually I, I met and checked out a workout when his dad was training um, Jensen Beach linebacker, Jamie and Sherwood. Yeah. So Minka and Jamie were training out on the beach in Boca, uh, I think about a year ago around this time when Sherwood was uh, getting ready for the draft. So he's not a local guy per se, but they do a lot of training in Boca Raton. So he, he's got some ties to the area. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of Jamie and Sherwood, unfortunately, I think it was week three last year against the – now commanders formerly the redskins but he actually tore his achilles yeah which was a big blow for him and if we're speaking to local guys hopefully he gets better soon and uh, him and uh, jay sims take over the league again that's right man i talked to him um while he was in that recovery process i think after the season and i'm sure you probably have checked in you treasure coast guys definitely stick together he's in good spirits he's been working out uh looking forward to see what he does year two with those jets and i know there's a lot of new york football fans in this area. I've been hearing some kind of positive things out of the Jets camp on Twitter, at least. Like, people are expecting, like, nine wins out of the New York Jets this year. Yeah, I don't know if we did the Jets when we did the team totals last week, but I'll find that for us, and maybe we can pick the over or under. But, yeah, finally, 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 Jets fans are able to come out of the closet and talk that talk just for a little bit. When did they stop? (laughs) They stopped. When? There was a time to stop. Jets are some of the most overconfident fans. And, in the NFL. And now they finally have something to grasp to. They kicked ass in that the draft. That kind of scares me. I mean, it does. They're going to be more that. annoying, more obnoxious. I'm tired of the green. Until week five when they're one and four. Oh, in whatever the case dang. is. Then it'll slow down from there. But yeah, we have to endure it right now for just a little bit longer. You know what I hope? I hope Chris Coquel, uh Fort Pierce Westwood head coach, is hearing this right now. Because I know he's a Jets um, enthusiast. And he's also the biggest Jamie and Sherwood fan. Right. Um, likely in this nation. And... Um, he's also fingers crossed, hoping those Jets do something, which I'm not sure they will. Not sure they will. <laughs> not but I like Jamie, though. I like Jamie. Um, so we got Jamal. At, I mean, we got no Minka Fitzpatrick becoming the richest safety. We've got him becoming the man with the money. But also, 
on the other side of this. We've got to talk about what's happening in the PGA Tour. I know we have to go to break soon here at Stone. Do we want to talk about that on the flip side, Hour 2? Let's catch it on the flip side. There's a lot to talk about. So on the flip side, Hour 2, we're going to bring in not only C.J. Holmes, who is a Warriors beat writer for the San Francisco Chronicle. He's going to talk about Game 6, Warriors in Boston, what they can do to close it out and become a dynasty that will be forever reckoned with, um, becoming the fourth franchise ever to win four titles in eight years. We'll also... Bring up some of the uh, the sights and sounds from the folks at the Live Golf Event and the PGA Tour and why people are just hating on the bread right now. People are hating on other people trying to get to the money, which we don't do a lot of that here. Again, why we started off this one congratulating Minka Fitzpatrick on his $18.5 million per year deal in the NFL. Uh, for Jeanette Javier Stone, the Banowitz, I'm Theo Dorsey. We're live here on Ken Levick Live on ESPN 106.3.